0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Making Work Fun podcast with Maria and Natasha, two working professionals turned life coaches.
1: I'm Maria and I have worked in economic consulting for more than 14 years.
0: And I'm Natasha. I have over a decade of work experience in human resources.
1: Through our 25 plus years of combined corporate experience, we have learned a lot about work.
0: And through our work as life coaches, we have learned how to make work fun.
1: Whether you work for someone else, run your own business, or do anything else that you call your work, this podcast will teach you how to make your work fun too
0: without giving into the
1: productivity hustle. So let's dive right in. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Making Work Fun podcast. So this is me, Maria, uh, and this week, Natasha and I wanted to do a special episode for you and post something special in honor of Indigenous Peoples Day, which is today, October 9th in the US. So I today I'm going to be posting an interview that I did with Professor Barbara Creel, who is a professor, a law professor at the University of New Mexico School of Law. And she is an expert in Indian country criminal defense. And she's also a member of the Pueblo of Hemes. And she is a friend of mine. And she graciously agreed to do this interview with me. Um, The context of the interview is actually for the American Bar Association antitrust section, where... Um, I volunteer. So I've, within the, that section, I volunteer um, at a committee that I am co-chairing, a committee called Diversity Advanced, which you're going to hear me refer to in the episode. And as part of that um, committee, whose uh, our work is to increase diversity and inclusivity within um, the antitrust law section, as well as just the antitrust field in general. As you know, in my non-coaching career, I am an antitrust economist. So this is the context for all of this. So the interview that I did with Barbara, um, Professor Creel, is for the ABA antitrust law section. And it's basically questions that diversity advanced members submitted to us um, related to Indigenous Peoples Day, related to um, Native American law and representation in the law and issues facing the Native American community. And so, Professor Creel, again, just graciously donated her time and helped us um, or answered uh, our members' questions and provided a lot of really, really amazing education. And so, this conversation was very good. And that's why. Natasha and I decided to also share it with you all, Um, whether you work in the legal field or not. I think it's going to be really informative and helpful. So hope you enjoy it. And we will talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Hey, everyone. I have Professor Barbara Creel here today, who is a law professor at the University of New Mexico and who has graciously agreed to answer some of the questions that um, Diversity Advanced members have sent us um, regarding Indigenous Peoples Day, which we're celebrating today. Uh, So thanks so much, Barbara, for being here. And I'm going to let you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about your current work and what you specialize in.
2: Great. Thanks, Maria, for inviting me. I'm so excited to be here. And I'm just honored um, that you've chosen me to talk um, with you about myself on an Indigenous Peoples Day. Um, A little bit about myself. I'm Barbara Creel. I'm from the Pueblo of Jemez. That's one of the 19 pueblos in New Mexico and one of the 23 tribes with land or or, um, connection to New Mexico. Um, I am a first generation college graduate and the first female uh, attorney from my village um, and I am currently teaching at the University of New Mexico School of Law where I have I teach courses in criminal law and criminal procedure and I teach a a course in criminal law in Indian country and some wellness courses that I designed myself um, that I call The Good Life and the Practice of Law.
1: I love that. Thanks so much. Um, So one question that I asked you before we started recording, and you said I should ask you on video because it's a good question that I'm sure others are wondering as well, is which term do you prefer as we talk today? Do Do you prefer Native American, Indigenous, or a different term and why?
2: Yes, thank you for asking that because that's an individual preference, and there isn't, uh, in my view, a right way or a wrong way. Um, well, there's probably right ways, but uh, probably wrong ways, but not a particular particular right way. I'll put it that way. <laughs> um, but I like Native American, and in my scholarship, I actually define the terms that I use um, in a footnote. Um, I use Native American Indian, American Indian, and Native interchangeably. But the body of work that I do in the law is called Indian law or federal Indian law. And that's really um, confusing and a misnomer um, for obvious reasons. Right. And and we know the history, um, but it i have gotten international inquiries from people in uh the country of india looking for assistance in indian law because that's um that those words mean something outside mm-hmm. of of our our geography um so uh People in the um in the world also use the words indigenous. And um we've changed the name of our program at the law school to the Law of Indigenous Peoples program because that is has uh, seems to be more inclusive and more um accurate. Mm-hmm. But um personally I, I call myself native, a native woman, an American Indian
1: woman. Great. Nice. Thank you. Um so what issues do you find to be most pressing in the Native American community right now?
2: The most pressing issue in my view is invisibility. Mm. And I mean that um sincerely that people um in the world don't know enough about natives about the history, the culture, about the Native next door, about the current um, uh, issues facing Native Americans. And because of that, because there isn't any touchstone um, in modern times, what happens is Natives get defined by um, stereotype um backward looking um by mascots and, and other ways that natives have been frozen in time. There is um <clears throat> over the history of federal Indian law, there's been this myth of the vanishing Indian. And the idea was that natives are are going away because of um, assimilation or acculturation, uh, genocide, and, and manifest destiny. And so they need to be captured. And so in Washington, D.C., where you are in the portrait gallery, there's there are many Native American portraits and there's even uh, photography, whole photography um, um, settings that demonstrate Natives in their natural environment. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a lot of times that's what people think Natives are or or should be. Um, And then. Over the summer, I was able to go to uh, New York to see a show with my daughter and we went to the Natural History Museum and there are these whole uh, galley, galleries of Native American villages and dioramas and and uh, blurbs about who Natives are and and what they are. And I finally got it, like seeing it from another perspective. These are words that I've heard people tell me What natives are like, oh, they're getting it out of this museum or this book or this or this um, collage. Um, And really, indigenous peoples are very vast and varied. Mm -hmm. There are over 500 tribes that are federally recognized in the United States and federal recognition has a definition. It means that native people have a different political status vis-a-vis the United States. And they're dual citizens, citizens of their own nation as well, that that is recognized by the United States and citizens of the United States. But then there are state-recognized tribes and unrecognized tribes, Mm. peoples that uh, are indigenous peoples that have lived and come from the land um, that is now occupied by the U.S., but aren't recognized as such. And I've come in contact with... um, all, all of these different types of people and know them and know individuals that are representative of of that um and so I have a a much broader array, but then most people don't and so yeah. we get defined as whatever the media or the movies or um the news the news defines us and so lately. <clears throat> We've been defined, and this leads to your your question. It really does mm-hmm. about what are the biggest problems? Most people would say, "Oh, the statistics, the negative statistics that are haunting Native Americans," and that would be um, the the terrible numbers demonstrating natives um, uh, and suicide rates, uh, juvenile deaths, mortality rates, um, health disparities with particular types of diseases, um, diabetes. Um, and uh drug and alcohol issues things like that and those numbers are are in the data um but that doesn't define us either mm. those are those are issues that need to be addressed by not just natives but by the larger population and and the experts and, and professionals and so i always go to this idea that natives um i fight back against that um, and so i think that's a huge problem that natives are defined either as problematic or the problem or by their problems Mm. and push back that there are healthy native families, villages, and people um, and issues that, uh, and also issues that need to be taken care of. And everyone should educate themselves about those.
1: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you said. I mean, I love everything you just said, Um, but I I was thinking of this thing that we don't often like think about as defining communities by their issues. The fact that the issues are there means we have to educate ourselves about them and, you know, solve them. But that doesn't mean the community is the issue. It's just, this is a social, like you said, it's a societal problem. It's not Native American problem. And it's something we all need to take care of. And speaking specifically of the legal community, what can the legal community do to address some of these issues?
2: yeah thank you for saying that maria. i um I feel like you you heard me <laughs> in in that rant. Um, what can the legal community do? I think this is a really hard question um because, um as a lawyer and a legal scholar <clears throat> and a teacher, um, we like to think that lawyers can be the answers but sometimes the lawyers are the problem right um especially when they only view things through a particular cultural lens and so historically lawyers have been um uh part of <clears throat> the uh, Part of the political issues and the infirmities um, that have led to some of uh, being marginalized people now um, but there's also the the paradox that that i just said everyone needs to have more education about native native peoples in your own area the people that used to live in the area the people the tribes that were terminated uh, the burial grounds the ancestral lands The markers, the history of the uh, indigenous wisdom that led to uh, the discoveries um, and modern advancements that we enjoy today—all of those are are really important. And as far as the legal field goes, I think it it should be required that the the Indian law is on the federal, um, is on the uniform bar exam. So -hmm. federal Indian law on the uniform bar exam. Would, be, would take us so, so far um, in advancement so that people could have a generalized foundation knowledge, at least in the history of tribes and, and the United States, if, if not more. Um, and that education, I think, should start in third grade. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not my idea. That was an uh, idea put forth by um, an Indian law professor and, and scholar um, that it should, just should be taught, but I repeat it whenever I get the chance to because I think that would that's a brilliant idea that we should all learn uh, Native American history mm-hmm. and federal Indian law at an early age.
1: Mm. Yeah, that that sounds like obviously an amazing idea. So I think one way to increase, of course, knowledge within the legal community is, I, I see it as sort of twofold. And I'm going to ask about the second part. The second, but one way is for to, for everyone to have more education on this, or any education, because yes. I think right now a lot of people don't. Any, yes. any. Yeah, exactly. So it's not about more, it's about any. And I think the second part, and let me know if you agree, is to have also, of course, have more representation of Native American lawyers in the legal community.
2: Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Representation matters and the voice matters, <laughs> but not just the stereotypical representation, mm-hmm. right? That that the diversity of tribes requires a diversity of views and not all natives are um, are from a, a rural reservation area and not all natives are urban um, people. Mm-hmm. And so um, there are not all tribes are casino tribes. I come from a, a pueblo that's a, about an hour's drive away from Santa Fe and Albuquerque. And um the city is encroaching more on the land, but it still remains very um isolated. It's one of the most beautiful places in in the world. Um, this is my background here is uh the, one of the streams that that runs through um. Uh, our land Mm -hmm. and um i think there's just a lot of misinformation about native native peoples and that that gets perpetuated in stereotypes and that if we could learn something we could learn more about the diversity of native views and viewpoints and that we're we're not just one thing or the other not backwards you know people that that need help and we're not this noble uh, magical uh, spiritual advisor either there there are um people that um have very important roles in spirituality within the culture um there are very uh, important issues in Indian land and in cultures um but there's uh, but there's no one thing that defines all of us. Um, I was taught there's no pan-Indian, And mm-hmm. that's part of that's an issue um that might might strike against us, right? if if um if you think of it that way. um, but I like to think of it as the beauty of the difference that was always recognized um in our ancestors, that um, a, a lot of time in our native tongue, we have a name for ourselves. And in my pueblo, our language is Towa and the name of our village is walatoa mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it means the people. And, and so we are the people and those are the other people and mm-hmm. most natives uh, think of themselves that way. Um, like this, the, these are my people and th- these are, these are other people. Um, and, and that's, that's sort of a centering of, of uh, a native experience in, in the language and, and the land.
1: Mm. So not just representation for the sake of, you know, symbolic symbolism and symbolic representation, but actual representation, right? And actual like diversity within that representation that reflects the diversity within the community. Do you have any ideas on how we can increase that type of representation in the legal community?
2: Um, I, I want to say um, one more thing about representation. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can Maria, of course. And that, a lot of my work is in civil rights and the intersection between civil rights and Indian law or criminal law. And one of the things that I've found is that people think that Indian law is difficult or complex. And so they don't endeavor to learn more about it. But as lawyers, we're always dealing with complex issues and, and sometimes intractable issues. Um, and so it's I think it's it's confusing to me that there has been so little um, effort being mm-hmm. brought, brought to brought to the is, these issues. One of the issues I deal with is civil rights. Um, and so what I want to say today is there's nothing in the United States Constitution and nothing in Indian law that promotes mistreatment of, of Native Americans. And so one of the ideas or attitudes that I see is like, oh, well, they're on the reservation, so there must be a reason that that's um, they're impoverished and have no access to water or uh, sanitation or, or good schools. Like, no, there, there isn't a good reason. Um, it's just a, a lack of will, knowledge, or, or help or resources, funds, right? Um, so I wanted to say that. And then what are my thoughts on how to increase um, representation? Is that?
1: Yes, <laughs> that was the, the second part of the okay. yeah. um,
2: um I think it's just going back to um, elevating indigenous issues and tribal issues as important enough for all of us to, to view. And also, um, promoting education for, for for Native American children on the reservation and off, um, to see them wherever they are, um, in the cities, in the in the urban areas, um, in rural areas or, or on the reservation, and um, promoting um, excellent education for Native children um, so that they can have the opportunities to be and um, do and work in areas, um, whatever they want, including the law.
1: Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and do you have any tips for any young Native American lawyers or do you, maybe students who want to consider the law um, and on how to get started in their careers? Um,
2: well, I, I would. My first advice is they do it. Mm. Um, I think it's it's important that. Any Native person thinking about entering the law or entering higher education to, to believe in themselves. So believe in yourself. Know that these institutions that we live and work in in the legal field aren't built for us, Native Americans, but there is, we belong. We belong because we're here. Um, there's a reason that, that you're here. If you're thinking about the law, there's a reason that our people survived. And that reason is you to go forward and do what your heart is calling to do. So believe in yourself and know that that um, whatever you want to do, including the law, is something that all society would benefit from um, having your perspective, your native perspective, whether that's an urban Indian um, that has. A, a wholly different perspective than a, a rural Native American or um, a reservation person. We there's, there's room and need for all of those perspectives.
1: Mm, that was amazing. Thank you so much. Um, and the last question that we got from our members was um, a personal one. So circling back to you, what are some of the things you are most proud of in your legal career?
2: Oh, that's so nice. Um it's hard sometimes to take inventory of your your career but i a couple things stand out for me and that is um working with um prisoners native american prisoners in Oregon and New Mexico and working on access to spiritual um guidance and and leadership um, what you would call religious rights um, while incarcerated. Um, my work in federal habeas corpus uh, to challenge the wrongful convictions of Native peoples. Um, and then an, another sort of different um, piece of work that I did was I had the privilege of working on the Columbia River to restore uh, an ancestral fishing village called Salilo Village that was um, nicknamed the Wall Street of, uh, of the Columbia, the place where the native peoples and non-native came together to trade. And um, it was inundated by the placement of um, the dams along the Columbia to drive the hydroelectric plants that were designed in the 1950s and the village was was the falls were drowned and the village um was m- removed to to higher land and was left with um some old um united states uh surplus um buildings from from the war and the When I was the tribal liaison for the Portland District of the Army Corps of Engineers, we went in and redeveloped that area and built homes, and um, from the infrastructure up, you know, from the plumbing to the uh, fire hydrants to the homes that were actually designed for the people to live there, and it went from um, uh, a dilapidated area that was completely neglected to to the fishing village that it was meant to be with um, the intertribal governance working um, on that um, area of trust
1: land. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing those. And thank you just in general for taking the time to be here today to answer all of our members' questions, to educate us on all of these important issues. I really appreciate it.
2: Well, Maria, thanks for inviting me. It was a pleasure, and I hope we get to talk some more.
1: Of course. Hey, everyone. It's Maria. I am a burnout coach for professional women, and I work with high-achieving perfectionists who want to heal burnout so that they can take a step back and enjoy their lives without sacrificing their success. To work with me one-on-one, you can go to my website, which is restovergrind.com and book a free consult call. You can also follow me on Instagram at rest underscore over underscore grind or on LinkedIn under restovergrind, LLC.
0: Hey everyone, Natasha here. I'm a money mindset coach. I work with women who want to shift their beliefs around money and wealth so they can finally leave the drama behind and focus on actually doing the work they love to do. I work with two different types of clients, employees who want to make more money at work or entrepreneurs who want to earn more in their business. And I teach people how to love the process of earning and creating more because it really is possible for money to be easy and fun. So let me show you how. You can find me on my website at natashatocesti.com or on Instagram at natashatocesti. We'll see you there.